Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back. So, um, yeah. Here we go. Let's get things started. Crack a cold one open and uh, pour your favorite beverage. Yeah. There we go. As I wait for more people to come in, we got some juicy topics to discuss today. Some interesting things to talk about. First of all, I'm going to talk to you guys about Samsung's iTest app. And uh, yeah, a <laughs> uh, very uh, interesting name for the application, but entirely what it's trying to do. We'll get into that. We are also going to be talking about what was discovered in documentation for the Epic Games versus Apple and this really clarifies the reason why iMessage never made it to Android. Top of the morning to you too, John. Top of the morning to you too as well, good sir. So we'll talk a little bit about that and some other things that happen to come along. We'll wing it towards the end of the live stream. Um, but again, shout out to the channel members. Thank you guys so much for being members of the channel. And yes, today there will be a members only live stream later on this afternoon. So be looking forward to that. Um, maybe like two things to talk about in that live stream. And again, these live streams for the members only stays locked to the members only. So it will never be visible to the entire public. So if you want to get in on that, you know what to do. All you got to do is become a member of the channel. There's uh, five tiers, I believe choose either one that you want it's not limited to a specific tier all five tiers have access to this live stream so if you guys want to get in on it that's all you gotta do is just click join choose one of the tiers that you want to do and yeah so um okay well, let's see samsung basically has an app called iTest, and yes it is to throw shade at apple the entire purpose of this app that is available for iPhones is to allow an iPhone user to experience what One UI and Android would be like for them in case they were they were ever on... Oh! <laughs> I like the tier names. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, well, like, if, you know, just, just, just for somebody who might be interested switching from an iPhone to, like, you know, Samsung Galaxy, you know, Galaxy S21 Ultra, or any of the Samsung devices, Yay! John is officially a new member of the channel, so I will add your name to the list, sir. Uh, you will always get the shout out, so I'll get all that stuff. I still have to work on like better um, badges, so when I do that, you will get a better badge than like the stock one that YouTube has. I promise you that. Um, but anyways, so Samsung and iTest. You want to try out an iPhone? No, iPhone, but a sampler device and you're on an iPhone, um, you could just use iTest. The, the app itself is a simulation that allows you to kind of play around and kind of see like what Samsung has to offer, what their One UI user experience would be like, as well as Android to a degree. Um, I, <laughs> I honestly believe that this is such a quirky thing. And, you know, the, the entire time that Samsung and Apple has been battling for the supremacy of the smartphone game, I'm surprised that it came this late in the war that one of them developed an app. And I can only imagine if Apple is going to answer that by creating an app for Android to allow Android users to experience, you know, the, the bountiful pleasures of iOS. But it's, it's possible. It's very so much possible. And I, I wouldn't doubt it with, with this coming into play with Samsung's iTest app on iOS. It wouldn't surprise me that Apple would respond with something of their own. So could we see an iOS simulation application for Android to allow those uh, those people to, to actually do it? Apple wouldn't allow iMessage outside of iOS. It's their Halo feature to keep people from buying iPhones. Yes, yes, we all know that. And we've all been saying it for years. Every time that this, that this, this subject comes up with um, with uh, iMessage, we say that a lot. However, there's actual documentation that specifically outlines the reason why. So now it's not even like a 98% you know, assumption. 
now it's like foolproof, like foolproof, 100% reason. I'll break it down here in a little bit. Let me wrap up this whole eye testing though. Uh, Cause I, I find it funny. Um, I'm actually gonna see if I can get it on, uh, on one of my iPhones and try it out and see see what it does. So I'll probably make like a like a, a video just kind of outlining that, like what you see. As a matter of fact, let me see if it is available in the App Store right now. And I'll tell everybody if it is. <laughs> so let's see. Um, let's type in Samsung eye test. See if, if it comes out there. Nope, nothing, nothing up there. So I don't know where or how how this is going to happen. Uh, let me pull up the article. So um, the article was actually uh, reported by Engadget. The Samsung iTest offers a look at Galaxy Android on an iPhone. So here's uh, the, the, base, the, the base synopsis of the, the article itself. It says, if you're using an iPhone and thinking about switching to a Galaxy device, Samsung has unveiled a web... Oh, it's a website. Never mind, it's not an app. I stand corrected. Uh, it's a website to let you sample the other side. Called iTest, it installs a web app that opens a simulated Galaxy device home screen uh, replete with apps, settings, the Galaxy Store, themes, messages, uh, Mac rumors has reported on this. Uh, it seems to be a lighthearted jab at Apple, which has done similar things in the past. Okay, so that makes sense. <laughs> that's that. That's weird. Uh, do you think Samsung will be okay with Google Messages as a default SMS app on their phones? Um, I think so. With, with that, I know that's only going to pertain to T-Mobile because of the joint partnership with T-Mobile and Google. Uh, so I think Samsung is like is, is okay with it to that degree because Samsung and Google have been working closely with each other over the last two years. But you have um, Samsung basically walking Google through the steps of actually creating their own chip, which is the reason why the Pixel 6 will have the GS101, which is the first Pixel phone to separate from Qualcomm. Um, still want to know what modem they're using in that chip, but I'm, I'm researching and researching trying to find that so I can present that to everybody. But... Um, you know, with, with other ones like like Samsung devices that's on AT&T and on Verizon, they'll continue to have Samsung Messages as the default messaging app on there. It's only with T-Mobile where Samsung devices is going to be using Android Messages default. And then, of course, other Android devices are going to have Android Messages as default. So, like, even, like, OnePlus, instead of using OnePlus as messaging app, they'll end up using Android Messages app. That's, that's the goal that T-Mobile has in mind to kind of, like, collaborate with Google. Um, since you know this whole partnership, this whole partnership came up, and that's only because of the the uh, the T Vision, the death of T Vision. So, you know, to kind of like quickly sweep that under the rug and give T-Mobile customers, you know, something to look forward to, they've joint partnership for the YouTube TV. That's like the craziest thing. Yeah, I am looking forward to the Pixel Six as well. Um, I really want, you know, I mean, there's just so much about the Pixel 6 right now that's got me really excited. I mean, for the fact that the camera sensor has been refreshed, so we have a newer camera sensor. I believe it's also a, a Sony camera uh, camera sensor, but I just don't know which one it is. I got to do more research on that. But we get a new camera sensor, uh, dedicated Google chip, um, and possibly like a new design language. I mean, there's still that rumor that the selfie cam will be hidden by the display only visible when you activate the camera app and then you'll be able to see. So, you know, it's still going to be like kind of similar to the punch hole display that's currently on the Pixel 5, but masked. Um, and I know that that technology exists only because, I mean, there's cards with rear view mirrors that actually have the reverse monitor in the rear view mirror. So when you, the only time you actually see that is when you put the card in reverse, but when it's not in reverse, it's a full re, um, rear view mirror. So uh, being able to hide you know, display means that you should be able to hide the camera sensor under the display. Yeah. Any guesses on the cost of the Pixel 6? I think they're going to go back to the $799 price. Um, that's just my speculation on it because it would be pretty idiotic for them to try and go higher and say, like, the base model of the Pixel 6 would be, um, let's say, 
$999. That would be a stupid move for Google to do um, because they've been at, at a at base model price $799 for the last couple of years and then reducing it by $100 to $699 for the Pixel 5 to jump $400 more would be ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to say $799. Hopefully that there's going to be more storage options. That's another thing that's kind of plagued the Google Pixel phones and why most people aren't biting. Um, so start off, you know, base base model, 128 gigs of internal storage and then go up 256 and then go up uh, 512. And I think you'll have a better set. The question is, will the Pixel 6 use UFS storage 3.1 instead of the old UFS 2? That's also a very good question too. And uh, I'll look into that. So when it, when we get closer and closer to the Pixel 6 is when I start doing a lot of coverage on it. And that's where I will um, really kind of just get involved in that. Hold on one sec. I know he did it. He doesn't have school today. <laughs> my son is my little helper. He was trying to wake up his older brother for school. But the way that my, my uh, older son's school is, they have uh, in-school learning this week was uh, Tuesday and Thursday and then online because uh, he goes to a um, so it's not a conventional high school uh, the school that he goes to is, is called Coding Academy and um, yeah so he he doesn't have uh, in school learning today his, his classes are online today and so just that because you know the freshmen the, the sophomores the juniors and the seniors they gotta rotate um when there's in school learning and when and when they're online at home. So but my son, my youngest son, he's my little helper. So he came in here to tell me, he's like, hey, uh he's like his big brother didn't get up for school. I told him eh, he doesn't have doesn't have uh in school learning today. His and they have weird schedules. Sometimes they start like at eleven in the morning. My son's goal is to be uh, a game developer. So that's why he uh you know, he went to, uh, he decided to go to Coding Academy for his uh, high school rather than going to a normal one. Oh, yeah, they're doing the same here in LA, LA County. So, like, for the high schools over there, they kind of like rotated around so they're not packing a lot of kids into the school. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so, yeah, I test by Samsung to uh, allow iPhone users to sample what what one UI and Android would be like for them. Now, the juicy topic is this one here that we're moving into right now. And that is, it has been discovered the absolute reason why iMessage never made its way to Android. Now, for the longest time, anyone that's been a tech enthusiast has always said, iMessage is Apple's bread and butter to keep people locked into the Apple ecosystem. It's the thing that you know, you hear people on Twitter and stuff, just diehard fans of it, just kind of go bananas for it. There's even people who will not respond to your message if you don't have the infamous blue bubble. There's a lot of this. It's not BS. It's not anything like that. It's real. There are people, I still know people today who will not text you back if you text from an Android phone. I mean, it's a cult-like following. It's literally, they are you know, brainwashed into loving this thing. And yes, one can make the argument of just how uh, the similarities between RCS and, and iMessage are. Again, you know, it's it battle of the brands. So the, uh, uh, you know, just, just with all that, I, I have to emphasize that so people understand. So we've always had a clear idea. You know, there are some things that Apple will allow to go to Android, but iMessage is not one of them and FaceTime is not one of them either. Now, recently, I think tomorrow, as a matter of fact, begins uh, the uh, lawsuit between Epic Games and Apple Incorporated, where Epic Games claims that Apple, um, they're suing them for antitrust violations, and that Apple and what they what, uh, commissioned, they charge 30% for you know any app that's being hosted in the App Store, and whatever sales it makes, Apple takes 30% of it. And Apple's argument to that is that 
you know, it's fair because the Google Play Store does the same thing. If you have an app and you're, and, you know, you're you're selling monthly subscriptions or you're selling DLCs, um, Google takes thirty percent. And I've researched that, and it is true. Apple is not BSing anybody. The Google Play Store does take thirty percent um, from app developers. So, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm saying go and some girl says they wouldn't date me because I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> it's Texism. Yeah, we go. Um, yeah, everyone hashtag Texism for that one for the blue bubble. Um, so with, with, with this litigation battle uh, with Apple and Epic Games, of course, each lawyer has to prepare a defense. 30% is steep. That's what Epic Games says. Uh, I think Apple's questioning of that is is why are they being pushed into it but like, you know, Epic Games is not going after Google for it too, you know? And like I said, I'm going to really dig up on that so when I report on the litigation battle between Apple and Epic Games, I can cover it. Um, but anyways, so the you know, if for those who don't know how the court system works, and that is that when you're about to step in the court and have these litigation battles, both, both sides have to prepare a defense and an offense. Right? They got to have an attack that makes sense, that makes logical sense for the courts to kind of side with them on it. But they also have to prepare a defense for the offensive attack from the other side so they keep the ground that they have. It's a tug of war with the judge and whoever has the strength to pull the judge to their side ends up winning the um, the lawsuit. So with this, uh, both, you know, one thing about it is, is that neither lawyer can enter in without disclosure they cannot present things that the 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 opposite side doesn't know about because they, it has to be fair they have to allow them uh, a rebuttal argument so documentations and evidence is shared both ways before they step into court now they recently got hold of an email and i'm going to read you the context of that email um and it kind of outlines the true core reason why iMessage has never made its way to Android. And um, mind you, they could have done this. They could have brought iMessage to Android back in 2013. The issue, well, the issue is exactly what we suspected, right? It is a. Uh... Okay, go. You know we're here right now. <laughs> Um, so we, we know that, right? We know that the iMessage stays on, on iPhones because that is how they lock people into their ecosystem. But a more in-depth of who they're trying to lock into the ecosystem is families. It is families. So um, here, this is actually reported by Mac Rumors. And they go off to say that the document cites a 2016 email in which an unnamed former Apple employee complained that iMessage, quote, amounts to serious lock-in, which, um, um, which prompted uh, Phil Schiller to reply to that email. And his response was, moving iMessage to Android will hurt us more than help us. This email illustrates why. And so in the document filed in court, they kind of go off section by section uh, to kind of, you know, point out the whole thing. And so um, uh, section A says, as early as 2013, Apple decided not to develop a version of iMessage for Android iOS. Section B says, Mr. Q testified that Apple could have made a version of Android that uh, could have made a version on Android that worked with iOS, um, such that there would have been cross compatibility with iOS platforms so that users of both platforms would have been able to exchange messages with one another seamlessly. Section C says, however, Craig of, of Federighi, Apple's senior vice president of software engineering and the executive in charge of iOS feared that iMessage on Android would simply serve to remove obstacles to iPhone families giving their kids Android phones. Section D says Phil, uh, Phil Schiller, an Apple executive in charge of the App Store, agreed that Apple should not offer iMessage on Android devices. Section E says in 2016, when a former Apple employee, which I already talked about that, but just basically says that, you know, the, the most difficult reason to leave Apple's universe app is iMessage. iMessage amounts to serious lock-in. 
to the Apple ecosystem. Mr. Schiller commented that moving the iMessage to Android will hurt us more than help us. This email crystal illustrates why. So the main core reason why iMessage never made its way to Android, which it could have done it back in 2013, was the way that Apple was looking at it. If mom and dad went out and bought them the latest flagship Apple device, then, you know, because some parents will look at their kids and say, well, my kid's not that responsible yet. Accidents happen with young kids because they're still learning. They're still growing. So, you know, accidental drops and stuff like that could be costly to repair, you know, a really high priced iPhone. So most parents thinking, which would be the logical thinking is, is that I'll buy my kid um, a $30 Android phone or $50 Android phone. I'll just install iMessage on it so they can message me since I have an iPhone. Apple didn't want that. To literally lock a whole family into the iOS ecosystem, mom, dad have iPhones. So in order for your kids to be able to benefit with iMessage and stuff, you have to buy them an iPhone. So literally wanting, you know, parents to have to shell out more money to just get, you know, depending on how many kids you have, you know, if it's just mom and dad and one child, okay, that's kind of a steep price because you're paying high price for an iPhone times three. <laughs> um, but just imagine for a family that has like, let's take my family into question here. Okay. So I have um, four of my kids living with me. My oldest lives with his mom. But four of my kids living with me, right? If I was forced to stay in the Apple ecosystem, especially at that time, um, well, not forced to, but if I wanted to be in the Apple ecosystem and I had an expensive iPhone, so for my kids to be able to message me on iMessage and FaceTime and all that stuff, um, I would have to buy them an iPhone. Now, of course, today it's a little bit different because you could go today and like mom and dad can get iPhone 12s or 12 Pros or 12 Pro Maxes, you know what I mean? Top of the line offered by Apple right now. And if you don't want to spend seven, eight, nine hundred dollars on the phone for your kids, you can opt for them to get iPhone 7s, iPhone 6s, and um, you can find those around $200 maybe used and give those to your kids to use. But then again, that's still $200, right? There's still Android budget phones that you can buy for 70 bucks, 50 bucks. And that's what Apple's trying to avoid. And even then they know that even if like a parent was to be like, okay, right, I'm not gonna get my kid an iPhone 12 because I don't want them doing anything to it. So I'm gonna buy them an iPhone success. Um, when the kid's hooked in, phone breaks, you know, Parents have emotions. Parents care about their kids. Now their kids like, I don't want an Android phone. I want an iPhone. This and that. And there, you know, the, the the parent is more likely to just like, especially if they're on a postpaid account, will just more than likely just upgrade their kid's line from like an iPhone 6s or 7 to an iPhone 12. You know? So again, it keeps them locked in. It keeps them buying into it, and that is the core reason why iMessage never made its way to Android. It never did. That is absolutely sad. Absolutely sad. <laughs> but smart of Apple. But sad. Sad because just imagine if iMessage did come to Android. See, like some people used to, used to say this in the argument. If they brought iMessage to Android... Android users would experience how seamless and intuitive iMessage is and would bait them over to come to the iPhone. And hey, that, that could be true. Not everybody thinks alike. And some people are willing to try things while other people are dead set in their ways. You know, we're not all the same. We're not all robotics with the same, you know, robotic thinking. You know, we're, in, we're individual people that have individual thoughts and individual opinions. And so some people could have like, used iMessage on an Android and said, oh my gosh, this is so much better of an experience from messaging than what I currently have on any of my Android phones that I've used. I'm going to go get an iPhone and go buy an iPhone. It's absolutely crazy. The core reason is because they want to trap families. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it does sound super negative to say it that way. It is what it is, though. 
You know, because mom and dad will always upgrade to the next iPhone. They know that. But, you know, if they can get big families, you know, mom, dad, plus four or five kids. <laughs> Just imagine if the parents had money to burn and they, went, they were like, okay, yeah, we're all getting iPhone 12 Pros. Just imagine how much they would spend. And they buy them at full price. They don't, they don't finance them. Uh, even with the finances, depending on where where and how you're financing your smartphone, sometimes you'll end up paying just a small smidge of interest. Sometimes not. Sometimes there's no interest for the, you know, for the carrier other than the fact that they know that they have you for a while. They can rely on you being a customer. So that's absolutely crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, think about it too. What would it have been like? If um, if they actually did bring iMessage to Android, what would that have been like? And that's only just because, you know, when I think about it, I mean, would RCS even be a thing? That's the other big question. Would RTS even be a thing? You guys let me know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think it would have been a good move for iMessage to be on Android? Or do you think that, you know, Apple has a good a good leg to stand on and keep iMessage specifically to iPhones only? What are your guys' thoughts on it? Oh, man. Pretty short one today. Uh, this is pretty interesting. LG pledges three years of Android software updates despite quitting the smartphone business, says CNET. 9to5 Google reports the same thing and says LG promises better Android updates with three-year pledge, and they totally mean it this time. Well, it's so sad just knowing that, uh, that um, LG is gone. The only remnant that I have that I still currently use um that's l that's a an lg baby yoda what's up man what's going on i don't know how long you've been in here but if you if you missed the juicy topic basically i just i just um i think iMessage should only stay exclusive to iphone users um we'll be able to catch what what i just talked about with um the core reason why iMessage never made it away because um, documentation in, the, litig- in the, the, the litigation between Epic Games and Apple Inc. dug up the Apple execs' reasons why they never brought iMessage to Android. And that was because they didn't want cross-platform where families of mom and dad who buy the expensive iPhones, they didn't want them to buy cheaper Androids to put iMessage on it and be able to message their parents. They would rather have their parents buy all the kids iPhones regardless of how much the iPhones cost and we know iPhones cost a bit even used iPhones cost a bit you can, there's still people selling iPhone 6s pluses at higher storage capacities for 250 bucks that's crazy <laughs> the Apple sheet can have their iMessage I agree Uh, the interest is built into the price of the phone. Mm. Yep, for a very long time. Yep. But anyways, so like the last thing that I use that is LG, I told you guys, I have an LG G-Pad 5 10.1, big beastly thing, and I still use it. Um, and I'm going to use it for a long time. It hasn't gotten any updates, it's still on Android 9. Yeah, Android 9, I believe. Wait, is it? Hold on. I'll tell you guys right now what Android version it's on. I believe it's Android 9. It's never gotten an update. Would be nice if uh, if, if this device was included uh, in Samsung's pledge for three-year software support, but it's not going to. I pretty much am sure of that. Network. Software information. Yeah, Android version 9. So this this tablet runs 9 Pi. It would be nice to have a universal messaging app across both platforms. I mean, there are, if you kind of think about it, right? So, like, 
there's like multiple um, messaging apps that you can use on both, right? Like Facebook Messenger can be used on both. Um, you can use Facebook Messenger on iPhone. You can use it on, on Android. And it's kind of, uh, it's not encrypted, but it kind of, it, I mean, as far as experience-wise, it's cross-platform. Um, Google Hangouts, you can use it on both, you know, iPhone and on Android. Saddest thing, again, that I have to point back, is that Hangouts seems to actually function and run smoother on iOS than it does on Android. Very sad case, especially since uh, Google was betting on it to be an all-in-one messaging service offered by Google. And there's, there's there's countless ones, but that I mean that that was always a core thing of of of, of Apple of why they would never let iMessage go through. I mean, it, we were all right. We you know we we hit the bullseye with our arrows. We all said it that yeah you know we've been saying it for so many years. iMessage will never come to Android because that is the main selling point of an iPhone uh, that people hold on to. That's the other reason why that um, I also emphasize you know people's obsession with the blue bubble. <laughs> it's because that's how it's a cult-like following with iMessage and FaceTime, isn't that isn't that what WhatsApp's for? Yeah, WhatsApp. But I mean, what WhatsApp? You know, like if you sign up with WhatsApp, what you get like what like a year free? I think the last time I signed up, when I did sign up for WhatsApp, they gave me a year free, but told me in, after the year I'd be paying like a, a premium subscription price to use WhatsApp. But like for as far as free, there, there's there's like there's a. Um, multiple chat service that chat services that are cross platform. But I, I mean that kind of ties into it. So like yeah, you know, now we can say it one hundred percent foolproof. Like no one can be like like if like we were to go and say, yeah, the reason why iMessage doesn't come to Android is because Apple's, you know Apple wants everybody locked in. And those who who I call the iSheep, so it's not Apple fans that I call iSheep, it's the ones that, that go to war with logic and if they were to come in and say yeah that's bs and apple's not like that now we got the proof (laughs) now we got the proof we have we have email conversations with with apple employees actually admitting that to one another back and forth and whoever that that former apple employee is who has a conscience to know that iMessage was intended to lock people in into the Apple ecosystem. Shouts out to you for having a conscience. Exactly right, um, John. There's a lot of um, iPhone users that just won't use other chat services at all whatsoever. They only use iMessage. The power of the stars is restored to the castle, and it's all crapple. <laughs> from the forbidden fruit. It was expelled. <laughs> Paradise Maverick, what's up, man? <laughs> yeah, totally sad. Totally sad. But we have the proof now. No one can argue otherwise. They can't. They can't. They, anyone that I that I that I personally call an ice sheep has no leg to stand on anymore and can't say it's pure speculation. Mmfer, it's in the email. To the email. It's Phil. It's Phil Shelley's fault. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, a lot of people talk about, about LG being gone. I know this has been a topic that's been covered a lot. I never thought that I would actually, you know, hear people completely talk about how they dislike LG to that point that they're glad that they're gone. I mean, is it really what? Um, what we've come to these days now <laughs> when something goes we're, you know we're, we're gonna beat them while, while, while they're down like the new philosophy of today's modern era is it's okay to kick a dead horse with a steel toe <laughs> I don't know I have people mad the people just like LG doesn't deserve coverage why not they were great I like their tablet you know, but especially in the Android side, there's never really been a good Android tablet. Just never really been. And and I won't compare the G Pad to an iPad, but I will say though that, you know, my G Tab is, is 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 nice. I mean I still laugh at, you know, the, the fingerprint sensor. I would have thought they would since this thing has bezels in the front, I would have thought they would have put it like somewhere, but they put it on the side right here. <laughs> You just touch it with your finger and it unlocks. 
And oh, I launched something. I like having this thing too because, like, when I go on road trips or whatever, since this is an LTE model and it has a, a T Mobile SIM, I can, uh, my son can use this and play games or watch watch his uh, YouTube kids on it. So it's, it's, it's all gravy. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are enjoying the live stream and made it this far, hashtag Texism. <laughs> 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 At drum precisely, Adam. With <laughs> wow, these analogies are pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it for a Friday for a Friday live stream. <laughs> yeah. So recently, I had to make a switch up. Um, I do need to get in touch with Carlos later and open up the hotspot capabilities back on Android uh, with his uh, MVNO service. I had to put the AT&T line in my Pixel 5. Um, issues with the uh, Nord N10 5G, and I will talk about that next week for sure, but uh, my lady's going back to the iPhone 10s, and I put my Metro line in my old iPhone 7, which is fun. I mean, I'm, I'm weird like that, you know, I like having those nostalgic feelings. So going back into and using something that's kind of outdated is like, it's my thing. I don't know. It's just weird. I'm weird like that. Like, I like using new tech and I like using old tech. Um, so eh, it's there. <laughs> and surprisingly, what's weird is, is like, okay, so when I put my Metro SIM and my Pixel 5, it's connected to their low band 5G. And uh, it's pulling, you know, like 20 megabits per second on a down inside my room. It pulls 20 megabits per second on a down and uh, like maybe 12 or 13 on the up. Um, so uh, I put the Metro line in, in my, my iPhone 7. Also, too, because this iPhone is locked to uh, uh, T-Mobile. So I'm hoping that with it being on an active Metro account for, you know, some time, I should be able to connect this to iTunes and unlock it because everything's paid off on it and everything like that. Uh, it just needs to be on an active account in order for it to uh, be unlocked. And then I can use a, a different SIM in here if I wanted to. But let us run a, a speed test. So now that, now that the Metro SIM is in here, I'm going to show you guys the speed test I get. So like I said, in Pixel 5, connected to low band 5G, I was getting like 20, 20 by 12. Let's run the speed test. And an iPhone 7 doesn't have 5G access. And it's pretty much... It's pretty much the same thing on just LTE. So 22 by 16, and it's LTE, not uh, connected to their 5G. Um, I'll show you guys speed test on the Pixel 5 with uh, AT&T inside my room. And this is 5GE, this is not AT&T 5, like 5G+. So it's LTE advanced. The only thing that I frown upon is the uplink. The uplink is not that great. I mean, it's decent. I could live stream with it and, you know, but uh, it may be a little bit jittery. So 53 by 6. And then I'll show you guys visible. Visible, you guys are going to laugh at here where I'm at. Let me disconnect it from the Wi-Fi here. All right, so we'll run a visible speed test on the Pixel 4a. Gene, thank you so much for the $2 uh, super sticker. This is visible inside my bedroom. <laughs> I'm gonna try and see if I can get my hands on, um, on the LG Velvet. Super sticker by Gene. Again, thank you so much, man. Appreciate that. 
especially since this live stream is not, not monetized, so I'm not making anything for my girls with this live stream. What up, my daily side? What's going on? That is visible speeds inside my room. Four by three. <laughs> I know. So, but I mean, I have technically like a Verizon MVNO. I have a T-Mobile prepaid. And then I have AT&T. So I have three of them. So no matter where I go in the city, I'm always connected. There's places where I go where visible just totally kicks major, major tail. Like I can pull 200 down. 30 50 on the up but and I, and I don't know i guess i have bad luck at picking places to live because this place just seems to be like it's an indian burial ground <laughs> or something or maybe a ufo landed here and there's leftover um extraterrestrial radiation who knows who knows i just heard my open chat right now guys i i've already discussed what i wanted to discuss today for friday uh i don't want to i don't want to burn too much um, stuff out there because I need to save some stuff for the members only live stream and again uh, everybody welcome John as a member of the team he just made his membership today uh, so I'm assuming that he's going to make it for the uh, the members only live stream or at least have access to seeing it so again big shout out to John for becoming a, a new member that is awesome that's awesome I'm, I'm excited for that every little bit helps you know, and, and if people are wondering, what well, you know, what am I going to do with with the stuff for the membership? I mean, that's, I mean, one invested into the content that I create. I am going back to making videos on this channel. If you guys didn't notice that, I've dropped a couple of videos lately, um, and just kind of be more active on here. Uh, yeah, my lady was telling me she was like, it has been, you know, she told me that it has been so cool. If this could be my career path. So it's like she's already putting the seed in my head. And I pretty much like live stream every day. Big John Tech reviews what's going on. How's it going, dude? Saw your video and glad that you're coming back to you know to the front with some videos, man. That's gonna be awesome. Heck yeah. I'm just like yeah. By the way, for those that are coming in late right now, if you guys if you guys missed like majority of the subject that we talked about, um, cast a replay. And very interesting. At, at, le at least for the iMessage thing, we have official official verbiage out of Apple execs' mouths, or sorry, I say digital mouths, their emails. Why iMessage never came to Android? So you cast a replay. Um, Couple things too, like I mean, you guys know that like, I talk about video games and stuff like that. I'm actually quite excited for an upcoming download for Streets of Rage 4 on PS, on PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Apparently, they're they're bringing in three characters. They, um, I don't know if anyone's ever played Streets of Rage 4, but um, the boss that you fight on the train and um, at the at the, the the landfill, which is her name is Estelle. Uh, she, she's with the, the Oakwood City um, Police Force. She now becomes a playable character in the game. There's two other characters coming with that download, with that DLC. And um, with that, uh, you also get new moves. And then they unlocked um, like palette swaps for the playable characters. So if you wanted to play as Streets of Rage 4 Shiva, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be available instead of just the Streets of Rage 3. And real quick, shout out to Big John Tech Reviews for becoming a channel member. Thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Thank you guys so much for becoming a member of the channel. Um, the the members only live streams is unlocked to any tier. Doesn't matter if you choose a 99 cent one or I think the other one's like a $5 one. But um, yeah, you guys will get access to it. And like I said, these uh, member only live streams is always locked to the members only. No, 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 no. Dude, never apologize, man. I mean... So, like, I have it there, you know, obviously, I am trying to make something out of, out of this channel on YouTube again. Uh, I'm just trying to configure, like, how I'm going to do it. Um, I always feel weird, you know. I don't know. I, I, I just feel weird about asking donations and stuff like that. I mean, I see people do it all the time in the live stream, you know. They'll remind people, like, you know, uh, click the super chat. And, uh, or they'll, they'll say some stuff like, 
you know, um, I'll I'll read the super chats and the super chats only. And I feel horrible if I was to say something like that to, to anyone watching my live streams. Even let's say hypothetically, by like the planets aligning in perfect synchronization, for some reason, I had like five thousand people watching a live stream and was like, you know, a million subscribers. I still wouldn't feel comfortable telling people to only read the super chats or click the super chats or you know donate. I I feel horrible doing that, and I mean because I really enjoy talking about tech news and video game news and. I haven't talked about comic books, and I'm eventually going to do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. When uh, when I do a collab, I will bring you on for a live stream collab. I message equals Texism. Hashtag Texism. It's like a new, it's a new word developed today. It's a new word developed today. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely gonna do some collaborations. Um, of that nature do more things i am getting back into the habit of making videos again uh so i'll be bringing some videos back and um yeah you know just one of those crazy things hope you guys are digging the the beats and everything like that um that is specific, that's specifically one of the reasons why that i didn't monetize it like i wanted an upbeat live type beat that's like fun or whatever to make the live stream a little bit more than just a person talking. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, YouTube and it's, and it's weirdness on, on copyright and stuff like that. So weird. I appreciate that, man. That either dope too. I heard this when I was like going through like new things to listen to. And I was like, wow, this sounds pretty dope. So Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but so what platform are you using to stream? Uh, I use StreamYard. Like I paid to unlock um, the features on StreamYard. StreamYard works pretty good. I, I like it. I mean, I used Haps, um, Haps TV, because, you know, a lot of people are st- that were on Periscope moved over to Haps. And so since it allows you to, to, you know, multicast to YouTube and other platforms, I tried it out. And uh, I mean, I have to get used to the configurations of it and things like that. But um, I've been heavy using StreamYard. Uh, I still have not downloaded OBS uh, to my Pixelbook. As you can download OBS uh, through Linux. You have to use the Linux terminal to install it in. Did you guys watch the Verge, uh, the Verge cast with uh, Joshua and, and Bailey back in the day? Uh, no, I was never. Okay, to be honest with you, I was never really a big fan of the Verge. And here's my reason why. And I'm pretty sure people have heard this excuse before. Uh, to me, it's not an excuse. It really is as it is. But I find like for for reporting, I mean, you know, they they report the latest things. I'll give them that. But they're like overly critical on Android stuff. And when it comes to anything that has to do with Apple, it's usually a puff piece. And so I just never really paid attention to the Verge. Plus two, when they tried to talk about vaping, it was very cringy. If you guys never seen the Verge's YouTube video about the uh, Jewel vape, uh, vape pen or vape mod thing or whatever, I just thought that was that was bad. Like they literally called a vape pen, which was which is the brand Jewel. They called it the iPhone of vaping world. Like, this is how you know that everything with the Verge basically centers around puffing up Apple and putting their foot down on any competition to Apple. They got a label of vape pen that has absolutely nothing to do with smartphones and call it the iPhone of the vape world. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, did I will agree with that. I'll agree with that. But I'm thinking there's some sort of working relation between them and Apple to get the the Apple details, and so that's the reason why they they puff up Apple a lot. You you can you can kind of see that with with publications. So I just kind of straight straight away from them. It's like straight away from them and whatever whatnot. So, but yeah. Anyways, uh, going back to just what I use to live stream, I just I use Streamyard. It works great. I can multicast to Facebook. Um, 
deleting out like the Facebook page and um, just like having my live streams just to my regular profile on Facebook. And then of course YouTube, you know, multicast of YouTube and then also Twitch. Um, they're just streaming. I streamed to just like three different, three different uh, destinations. But I mean, it's very intuitive, very easy to, to use. I mean, and plus too, like Haps doesn't allow me, at least I don't, I haven't figured it out yet to show people's comments, but like here on StreamYard, I can just pop your guys' comments up and just respond to it. So in a way, everyone else that's watching knows that, you know, what I'm talking about or what I'm responding to. And it also, you know, allows people to see that I'm acknowledging everybody in the chat, you know. I don't remember. Does anyone remember if Hangouts on Air used to allow you to uh, show people's um, chat posts? Oh, that was the last thing I was going to talk about. Ah, it came to mind right now. <laughs> so the uh, the audio chat wars have begun. Um, if I wasn't so worried about YouTube being nitpicky, I would have inserted Shang Tsung being like, It has begun! Because it literally has, right? You have Clubhouse on, on iOS, which is going to make its way to Android, according to them. Uh, they are currently working on an Android app for Clubhouse. Twitter is has spaces in beta. I do have access to creating a space on Twitter just to audio chat with uh, with uh, Twitter Twitter friends. And it was already um, it was already mentioned that Facebook was going to come out with their own clone of Clubhouse, and they already have an official name for it. It's called Hotline. So I tried to look into it to see if I if I can get beta access to to Facebook Hotline. Um, haven't found anything yet, but when I do, I will definitely test it out. But yeah, audio chat is the modern conference call. Yeah, kind of a, kind of like you know. Um, and by the way, Gene, if you're still here, just know this: on Twitter Spaces, on Clubhouse, there is no archive of these messages. Well, Twitter archives them for legal purposes for they say to a max of 30 days, and then it's deleted. Hotline bling. I knew someone was gonna make that reference. <laughs> um, but we're like, so like, if, if if whoever you know watches the replay and doesn't know what these things are, it's literally just like a group chat, all audio, no video. So if you don't turn on the camera to show yourself, you know, you're just in there with a group of people, and you can just you just have conversations. Nothing is archived. Nothing is recorded. You cannot. You cannot send it to a different destination like how you do a live stream. So you can't open up a Twitter space and have conversations with your friends on Twitter and have that live on YouTube or live on Twitch. Like it's just that's just what it is. It's an audio chat session, group of people in there. One person who created the, the Twitter, the Twitter space governs it, but can also add moderation duty that they by now if they haven't opened that up yet but you can add moderator duties to other people that's in your space as you guys are conversating and then other people can see that you have a space going on they can they can join in and they can listen and they can listen they can request if they can join the conversation so you can give them permissions to speak or you can just keep them as a listener uh, clubhouse is the same way too and i'm sure hotline bling is going to be the same way also. It's just different platforms, right? Twitter basically becoming the monopoly of social platform, which is dangerous, and I've talked about this. It is dangerous for Twitter to have Snapchat-like features, Instagram-like features, TikTok-like features, microblogging, and now audio chat. Because, hey, we, we know that Twitter cancels people when they speak against a narrative that they embrace. And that's the fear. That this is the reason why social apps like Parler and them started getting a lot of attention is because people have noticed. I mean, I've said this before, right? Um, I don't consider myself left or right on the politics side of things. I consider myself logically centered. I just know when there's stupidity on either side. And um, but anyway, so when I when I created a second Twitter account. Twitter usually gives you suggestions of people to follow on Twitter. And it, it, gave, it gave me a, like a whole bunch of things that would be of my interest, like different uh, 
Twitter accounts that talk about video games and stuff like that. Uh, comic book collectors on Twitter, Funko Pop collectors on Twitter, things like that. YouTubers, mobile technology, all those things like LG and Motorola and all their Twitter accounts. But then it started suggesting Joe Biden, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar. And I'm like, okay, so so this has to be like, you know, the, the politician side of things, you know, that they, they uh, suggest to you. But the funny thing is, every politician's Twitter account that they were suggesting to me to follow was, um, it was all Democratic. There were no Republican politicians being suggested to me, you know, no Jim Jordan, you know, no um, uh, Ted Cruz. You know, and Sydney, no Mitch McConnell. You know, crazy, insane. And I was like, wow, Twitter <laughs> could have at least threw one Republican in there. One. But no, not one at all. But anyways, that's why I say, like, it's, it's absolutely dangerous for her. For Twitter to be doing this. No Andrew Yang. Oh, no, wait. No, 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 no. They didn't suggest Andrew Yang to me. At least I didn't look far enough to see. But it, 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 it's insane. And so... And we know that, that, you know, big social media giants have the power now. I mean, at the time when he was president, they were able to cancel... You know, one of the most, um, you know, our, our our country's leader. Yeah, some people will say he wasn't their president. That's fine. I'm not here to change people's minds. I'm just saying that at the time, he was president of the United States, and they canceled his social platforms. And when he was canceled, we didn't hear much about him, like, as, as far as like what he was doing, because that's where people look to, to know what his mindset was and what he was intending to do, because he would tweet it out, you know? But they canceled his YouTube channel. They canceled his Twitter account. All his Twitter accounts. <laughs> so, yeah. So Twitter has the power now. They can make or break anybody on their platform. You got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful who you follow. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. And now Facebook, you know, also does the same thing. They adapt everything else from other popular social platforms. Even YouTube. I mean, right now, YouTube, what's becoming popular is YouTube Shorts, which is basically a TikTok clone for YouTube. And it's it, it, it's present on here. If you have it unlocked for you, you can create shorts. They have to be less than 60 seconds. And yeah, it's, just, I don't know, it's crazy. I'm surprised that YouTube's not joining the bandwagon and trying to come up with a audio chat on the platform. Um... But I guess they really don't need to because that's what, that's what these live streams are, right? When you have a panel of people just conversating on a live stream, you have you can have a lot of people just view it and listen. So, I guess you can say in a way that they kind of do have it at, at that. But anyways, um, yeah, so I'll go more in depth into that subject a little bit later. Um, we are hitting the one hour mark. So I do want to thank everybody who joined in for the Friday live stream. Also, big shout outs to uh, Big John Tech Reviews uh, for becoming a new channel member and also um, John for becoming a new channel member. So two new channel members today, man. That's pretty awesome. I also want to give a shout out to Gene, Mr. Gene G Jr. for the uh, $2 super chat. Thank you so much for doing that or the super sticker, actually. Um, I really appreciate that. Every little bit helps and my kids appreciate you too as well. I'll tell them that $2 came from Uncle Gene. Um and yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if, if you're watching this as part of the replay crew, today's uh, hashtag is hashtag Texism, invented by the man John himself to describe iMessage and the infamous blue bubble. Uh, blue bubbles gets text backs. <laughs> because if you text someone with an iPhone with a green bubble, they won't reply. Um, anyways, guys, my name is Tito. That is it for the Nerdiest Podcast. Um, again, a members-only podcast. It's actually going to it's actually going to go at 3.30 p.m. Arizona time is when that will happen. Of course, I will create um, the the live stream 
and have it scheduled so that way there's notifications sent out. Uh, but again, if you want to catch that live stream, you got to be a member. Members only. So it will never be visible to, to the world. Only the members will have access to it. Um, and of course, the new members will have their names added on to um, the ticker here for shout outs. So shout out to the channel members. Appreciate you guys for being members of the channel. And that is it for right now, guys. Thanks for peeping the live stream. Y'all are great. Stay blessed. Love you guys very much. Be safe out there. And uh, I'll see y'all later. Peace.